I give the exact offer price for this piece of land. What I just mentioned, 50 cents on the dollar. Mm -hmm. Now, is it always 50 cents on the dollar? No. We're going to test the market by sending letters to sellers. How do you test the market? You got to talk to landowners. If they don't take the bait, we're going to have to put a different kind of bait on it or a little bit more, maybe 60 cents on the dollar. Because at the end of the day, we're just trying to find this land at a discount and sell it to one of these guys that have bought in the last seven days. Mm -hmm. And we could do things like that. Who's buying all this land? Yeah. And let's talk to those guys. Yeah. Maybe they want it at a discount. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Darren Bentley here and welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. And today you are truly in for a treat. This is a very, very special episode. We all know that land investing is really, really hot right now. And for good reasons. I mean, the barrier of entry is very low. There's virtually no competition and you are able to build a truly passive income stream. And I say truly because, uh, you know, a lot of these other supposed passive income streams really aren't passive at all. Land notes are probably the closest thing to real, like actual passive income out there. Well, in today's episode, Brent Daniels did a recent live stream with Brent Bowers, the two Brents head to head, and really put him in the hot seat. I mean, he did not leave one stone unturned here. He got Brent Bowers to completely spill his guts on how to get started making money with land, like from A to Z. I'm talking about where to find the land, how much you should be offering on these land parcels, how to sell the land, which land parcels are the most profitable. And he also shares all of the tools he uses and some hidden resources to help streamline everything. So today you are going to get the whole enchilada. I'm talking about everything here. So take good notes on this episode. But before we get started, I need your help. Wholesaling Inc. is the number one real estate wholesaling podcast in the country. And the reason why thousands and thousands of people listen to the show is because we give it all away for free. Yes, we have coaching and mentoring for those who want to fast track their success. But we know that many, many people have and continue to make money just implementing what we are giving you on this free podcast. So how can you help? Listen, we want to continue to bring you the absolute best content in the industry. And we want to continue to do that completely free with this podcast. Yeah, we could be monetizing the show and putting on five or maybe 10 minutes of ads on the show, but we don't want to do that. I know that I hate when I'm listening to podcasts and I hear like five minutes of ads before the show even starts. Yes, I'm calling you out, Joe Rogan. But we want to keep this podcast free and free of ads, and we want to continue to deliver insane amounts of value to you. So here's what I need you to do. I need you to hit the pause button on this podcast and go into the Apple podcast app or Spotify if you're on an Android device and leave us a rating and review right now. Five stars would be appreciated. 
but leave us an honest review telling us what you like about the show, you know, how it's maybe helped you. And even if you don't like something about the show, you can tell us that too. These ratings and reviews truly help us get in front of more awesome people just like you, you know, who have not found this podcast yet. So don't be selfish. Don't be stingy. Don't keep it all to yourself, but do it right now. Don't wait until after the episode because you'll probably forget. And I really appreciate your help here. By the way, we are going to start choosing reviews at random and reading them live on the show soon. Just another way to give you guys some recognition for all the love that you share with us, because we truly appreciate each and every one of you. Again, thank you. I really appreciate your help. And let's get into today's episode. If you believed in yourself as much as I believe that you can do this business, you would be more successful faster. So I want to challenge you to really, really practice blind faith, blind faith that the actions that you are taking every single day is going to lead you directly to the goal that you have set for yourself. Blind faith. Let's practice blind faith. Listen, there's a lot of times in this business where there's doubt, there is distraction, and there is disappointment. And we have to destroy those three Ds. And we do that with having blind faith that what we are doing is going to impact our community in a huge way. And with that, speaking of impacting the community in a huge way, I'm so excited. I have got the land shark himself, Brent Bowers here. Brent, say hello to everybody. Wow. Hello. Hello. This is this is crazy. This is amazing. And the three Ds, I, I was just talking about this yesterday mm-hmm. with somebody, and it's just, I needed to hear that as well. Yep. So amazing. I'm glad to be here. Welcome to the Progress Not Perfection show. Today in the opening here, we're going to be breaking down how Brent Bowers here is making $17,000 a month passive income from vacant land. Let me say that again, 17,000 a month. How do you do that with vacant land? How do you get rent on vacant land? People aren't living there. How does that happen? How does that work? We're going to show you step-by-step exactly how to do it. Not only that, he's going to show you how to pull it up and to find the best markets to go after for vacant land. It is an incredible approach. It's an approach that uh, Brent has taught me. We've implemented it into our business. We did this years ago. And it absolutely works. It is a phenomenal way to start building up your experience in this business. And uh, we're going to do this. We're going to break this down into baby steps. So we're going to let Brent loose here and he's going to break down his section here. Let's jump right into it, Brent. How do we go and lock up vacant land deals? How do you do it? Step by step. So before I get into that, can I share a little bit about why yes. I went towards vacant land? Because when, when I started wholesaling houses in 2016, I was an army officer, military officer, getting worked like 13 hours a day, always training, always in the field, always preparing for deployments. I was preparing for that my next deployment, and I was desperately searching for a way, you know, out of the military because I had, you know, a, a brand newborn baby at home, and we had a, another one coming very soon after that. So I was just. I mean, most people have two motive, like there's one or the other, one motivation or the other. It's, you know, away from pain or towards pleasure. Right. Mine was away from pain. Sure. I wanted to be out of pain. I, I think most of us. Always yeah. gone. Now the pleasure came, but I was worried about the pain and the pain was one more deployment, one more time away from home. I'm like, my son turned out like he was a year and a half old. I only got to see him about four months of his life. So mm-hmm. I was searching for answers, just like everyone listening to this right now. And I was hazardly wholesaling houses under sure. the things you teach so well at TTP. Yep. 
but there was so much competition. I was, I was spending so much money and mail and I wasn't actually spending my money. It was Capital One's money, uh, but I had to pay that back and American Express. And I stumbled on land and I was like, you know, why don't I just mail the tax delinquent list? The, the people that are not paying their back taxes for their properties, why don't I just mail them this beautiful tribe postcard that we have mm -hmm. and see what happens? So I did. I mailed 687 of those yep. and my phone absolutely exploded. This was back early 2016. Yep. So I've further perfected this, you know, and, and just blood, sweat, tears, lots of mistakes to turn it into the program. Exactly. We're going to show the, the audience today. Awesome. Playground. So the first thing is picking your area. And we're going to show you today with Redfin exactly how I choose a new area, how I go into a new area. Some areas Redfin's not available in. So we just use Zillow. It's the same exact thing. And it's the same exact measure. You, you were looking for clusters of land that has sold within, you know, the last six months. I start with one week because it's quite overwhelming looking at the past six months because there's a lot of solds. So I start right there and I'll, I'll give you an example of that. I'm going to do it right now. Yep. All right, so let's just pick an area, Orlando, Florida, just mm -hmm. so we're on Redfin, by the way. Um, and if you are in an area, and I, I recommend starting with about two and a half hours, a two and a half hour radius of where you currently live, mm. because that gives you the, the, the ability to put your boots on the ground. It gives you the ability to go and check out the land. Any Anytime I struggled selling a piece of land in the very beginning, it was land I'd never looked at. Sure. And you could totally sell the stuff without looking at it, but I want to stack the odds in your favor. So Orlando's about one and a half hours from where I currently live. So let's just go to Orlando, Florida. So it's going to pull up Orlando, Florida. Right now it's showing everything for sale. I want to see the solds only. So I'm going to click sold. And then I want to look at the last week, sold in the last week. Done. And then let's go to home type. I want only land here. Mm. I'm going to select land, done. And then I'm going to go to the filters. And I want to double check and make sure that the solds are selected, land only, and within one week. And then now I want to see what's out there. So I'm going to X this Orlando out because I want to scroll out because I'm not really particularly interested in Orlando right now. I'm looking for clusters of solds. So I'm going to keep scrolling out until I see that. Well, the first thing that caught my eye was right here in Palm Bay, Florida. That's one area. Mm. I like that area. And let me show you why I like it is because in the last seven days, there's like what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, Incredible. 13 souls in the last seven days. Why, why do you go just seven days, Brent? Why not a month? Why not a year? Why not? You know what I mean? Like seven days feels like very recent. Yeah, it's super recent. It's, it's extremely recent, like seven days ago. My next step is to go 30 days because I want to see, okay, is that just a fluke? Did someone just come through here and buy everything? Right. So let's see what, what happened in the last month. And really here, I'm just looking for demand. Oh my gosh, look at that. Ooh. I don't want to go out and find a product over here. Now, granted, I could probably get a massive discount right. in an area like this. And I'm, I love, love, love buying land on the outskirts because mm -hmm. that's the stuff I get for 10, 20, 30 cents on the dollar. And I sell or finance that for 30 years. Let's not get there yet. Okay. Let's All let's right. not jump ahead. All right. Let's okay. Let's, let's keep where market. Keep so me on target. Is, this is how you pick your target. This, right. is, this is how you pick your market. This is your playground right there. That would be one of my markets right there. So what do you do? Do you pull the city? Do you pull the zip code? Do you put do you do a map yep. search? What do you do? I'm gonna go back to one week because this is overwhelming right now, and I don't have 30 minutes to click on every single yeah, one sure. of these. So let's just go to one week, and here's my next step. Now now that I found a hot market, and this is just one example. You know, there's multiple on here, multiple in the in Florida, in the United States. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to click on every single one of these because I now want to see 
not just a hot zip code, because that's my hot area. I now want to see what size parcel of land mm. is in high demand. Okay. So let's just click on each one of these really quickly. 45. Looks 000. like they're all 10,000 square foot. Lots. There we go. 10,000 square foot. This one, uh, that's 1.13. All right. Let's click on the next one. 10,000 square foot. Why does the size of the lot matter? Because I want to see what is in most demand in this area, because that's what I'm going to start with. Okay. I'm going to go next to PropStream. <clears throat> yep dot com and i'm going to find the zip code which is 32905 yep i'm only going to pull in 32905 because i want to break this down as micro as possible because it could be, get very very overwhelming you know how do we eat an elephant one bite at a time but i'm going to start with the very tip of the tail mm -hmm. and keep moving up so i'm going to keep on clicking these mm -hmm. and it looks like it's ten thousand. oh there's a half acre all right so let's see what the fifty thousand dollar one is 0.44 acres ten thousand square foot so between ten thousand and half an acre it's so like a sweet spot. I'm seeing more 10,000 square foot. Okay. So I'm going to go directly for that because I know that if I get a piece of land mm -hmm. under 50 cents on the dollar, I will get that property under contract under a purchase agreement. I now have an asset under contract for less than 50 cents on the dollar that I know I can sell. So if the average next, I'll figure out what the average is by yeah. clicking on those and, you know, dividing by the sales price to the square foot. And we'll figure out the average is about $3 and 59 cents a square foot. The only reason why I can do that in my head is because I've seen 10,000 square foot properties sell for $35,000 so many times, it's pretty easy to figure it out. Right. So 35,000 is $3.50 a square foot. Use a calculator. I didn't start there. Uh, but what's half of 350? So 175-ish? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I need a calculator for That's that. Good. But so I'm going to offer $1.75 for every 10,000 square foot lot in this area to people that are out of state mm. and that have owned it for at least 10 years. Always out of state? Not always. If I if I catch some fish out of this pond, yeah. if I mail like, let's just say 700 out of state owners yep. and give them an offer at 50 cents on the dollar and I get a few, oh, you bet your beans, I'm going to mail the entire county. You bet next. your beans. You're not getting yeah. my beans. <laughs> I'm going to mail the entire county. All of my beans. <laughs> All the beans. I said that because right, Raphael so, was here. So go here, go here, okay. <laughs> so then I will go and use a direct mail piece. And are we offering that today? The land offer letter is, yes. is basically what it is. It's a yeah. land offer letter. I give the exact offer price for this piece of land. What I just mentioned, 50 cents on the dollar. Mm -hmm. Now, is it always 50 cents on the dollar? No. We're going to test the market by sending letters to sellers. How do you test the market? You got to talk to landowners. If they don't take the bait, we're going to have to put a different kind of bait on it or a little bit more, maybe 60 cents on the dollar. Because at the end of the day, we're just trying to find this land at a discount and sell it to one of these guys that have bought in the last seven days. Mm -hmm. And we could do things like that. Who's buying all this land? Yeah. And let's talk to those guys. Yeah. Maybe they wanted a discount. The land offer letter is accepted. That's the specific offer that we're sending to Mr. and Mrs. Mary Jones. And they accept the offer. And here's what's really cool. They will sometimes fax it back to us. And people laugh at me all the time. And they don't believe that I have a fax number and get money on fax machines. It's it's not really a fax number. It's like comes right to Electronic, an email. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Myfax.com. It's $7 a month yep. or $10 a month now. But so they'll, people, you send people offers, they sign it and send it back to you? Yeah, they'll, they'll sign it and email it back to us. They'll fax it back to What's us. What's the percentage of people that you just send a blind offer to at 50% that send it back versus they want to talk to you and, and, and see if you're legit? Yeah, the people that actually accept our offer. Now, 90% of them will send it, sign it. Sometimes they'll forget their phone number. And just send it back. Yeah, and send it back. Whether And it's funny, most of them will send it via fax. It's so crazy because think about it. 
we're mailing to people like 50 and 60 years old. Yeah. And they have fax machines or they know where there's a fax machine at Staples. And the other 10%. That's wild. That accept that it. That is will wild. Call. Right. And, and sometimes they'll want a higher offer. They'll say, hey, you know, your offer's a little insulting. Yep. I would take this or, hey, F you. Right. Because you got to expect that. The disappointments. Sure. Those do come. People are So you angry. send out a thousand of these letters. How many come back? Um, as far as offering, it depends. When we go into a new area, and we're lucky to get a few of them accepted. So a thousand letters, if I get three offers accepted, that means I struck gold. Right. Because when do we ever know? Like on the outskirts where I was showing on, on a Redfin here, mm -hmm. on the outskirts, I can offer a little bit less. Like right. if the land's worth 10,000, I might get away with 30 cents on the dollar, maybe. How do you determine that? 30 just, to 50? Just demand. Like if, if it's- do you a, just test? Test. Yeah. It's really, you've got to send letters to landowners or talk to them or call them. Like you own the list, right. TTP, you can just mail them and call them and text them. Yep. So, so the offer comes back. What happens next? All right. So next we will go into our due diligence and research as well as, as uh, mm -hmm. negotiate. All right. So we'll do some due diligence. We'll do some research. We'll look at the market because sometimes we make a mistake. Right. Sometimes we offer too much. Right. Sometimes we offer too little and hit a home run. Mm -hmm. uh, it happens both ways. Sometimes people call and say, look, you offered you know, this much, we would like this much, and they're out of their minds, and we just keep them on our follow-up. We'll touch base with them 10, 12, sometimes 30 times, and eventually they'll sell to us right. because there's not a lot of competition. There's not a lot of people doing this, and the ones that are, they're not returning phone calls. Right. And once we figure out that it's a good property, we do the due diligence and the research, we also... <laughs> We plan to negotiate and we use pretty much the tribe negotiation tool, the script, mm -hmm. we call it. We ask them about the land. Then we ask them if we could pay all cash and close quickly, what is the least you'd be willing to take? Right. And then we hush our mouth. Mm -hmm. We don't say another word. We, we mute our cell phones. Like I want to fill the air with, with communication. It's a, just a weird silence. And then they will think about it. Sometimes they'll say, well, you sent the offer. Will you pay that? And you know, sometimes we will. Yeah. We're just asking if we could, if we got it done quickly and we close quickly, what's the least you would take? And we ask it again. Mm -hmm. We just change the words a little bit. Sometimes we have to ask this five or six times. This is never perfect. And then when they finally give us an answer, well, you offered 6,000. I could probably maybe do it for a little less, but maybe 5,500, but my wife's ready to go on the cruise. We need about $5,000 for that. Well, we probably about 5,000 and you really have to go for the gold. Mm-hmm. Is that the best you can do? You got it. <laughs> Is that the best you're willing to do? And we, yeah. I, we say it with the absolute sincerity. Like, I mean, I think I just made up a word. That's good. But um, we're as sincere as possible right. when I say this or when my acquisition manager says this, because we don't want to come off as being rude. We want to come off as the solution provider, the expert in the industry. And we're really looking for problems we can solve with these landowners. Because yeah. at the end of the day, we're never going to force it. So anybody. you negotiate it, you get it at a good price. You got two options. Yeah. Right. So now that we've got a price that we know is a home run, we've got this, we're getting this asset under contract for a major discount. We will now send a purchase agreement, which I, I forgot to put that on the board. We'll send them a purchase agreement via email or DocuSign. Sometimes they'll mail it back to us because they have no way to physically do it. Right. Sometimes we'll have to mail it to them because I mean, you just, we just have to meet our sellers where they're at. Mm -hmm. And then the next step we'll do is we're going to figure out if we're going to sign this contract, like, Hey, Brent Daniels, I see that you're buying tons of land in the yep. 32905 zip code. I've got one for 15,000. I see you're buying for around 30,000. You mind just 
sending me 25 grand for this, I make a quick $10,000 assignment fee. Or I'll buy it and close on it, basically. Mm -hmm. We'll buy it and list it with my land specialist realtor. How do you find the land specialist realtor? You click on every single one of these and see who is selling all the land. You call Bob Jones and say, hey, man, what do you think you could sell this lot for? It's it's like literally power lines and water running right in front of it. Oh, that's a $45,000 one. Great. I'm buying it for 15. Let's get this thing listed. And he might already have a like a pocket buyer for it. Usually they do. So those are yeah. the close and flip. Yep. And then my preferred method. Here we go. Is I buy this lot that's worth 45,000 for 15,000. And then I put it, we market it. We still list it with Bob Jones. Mm-hmm. We, we put it on Craigslist and Facebook and put signs out and we sell it for 45,000 at 12% interest for 30 years. And we make more in interest than we do on the sales price. Right. Like and, that's, and you put you get a down payment, right? Yeah. So you're getting the down payment deducted. I'm glad you're keeping me on, on target right. here. Yeah, down payment. So we're gonna get a down payment for at least, you know, five to ten thousand dollars. And my, people are thinking, oh my gosh, you didn't get your money out of this. Well, let's just say that I borrowed the fifteen thousand dollars from my mother-in-law. She loves making nine percent. Mm-hmm. I used to pay her six percent, but she's really getting savvy on me. So she sees what we're making. So we're paying her 9% on 15 grand. Yep. And now I sell it to Bob Jones buyer. My Bob Jones is a realtor. He's got a buyer that will pay 12% all day on 45 grand. Mm-hmm. So I get a down payment for like- Who are these buyers? Why, why would anybody buy a piece yeah. of land with nine to 12% owner financed interest on it? Yeah, I mean, sometimes these buyers are, you know, Mark and Mary Smith. They want to build a house out there one day. Uh, just in the, one of the areas, it was uh, there's a lot of Latinos in these areas because they're building these houses. Mm-hmm. They see our sign that we Google Translate in Spanish, mm-hmm. like land for sale, two fifty a month, phone number, and they call it and say, "Hey, I would love to own land in this <laughs> yeah. area. One day I'm going to build a house here." And those guys buy it. And here's what's really cool is eventually they'll pay us off. Because in like five to seven years, they're going to get a construction loan from a bank. Right. And the bank's going to be like, all right, we're going to pay you off. Your two fifty dollars a month is gone. But all that was pretty much interest for like the first five or seven years. Yeah. So it's, it's just incredible. I love seller financing it because next month I know what I'm going to make. And how much do you have in notes currently on these pieces of land that you seller finance? So all of them combined, we have about two point two million promised to pay to us, and that's the and then they're paying seventeen thousand. Yeah, that works out to about seventeen thousand a month. Passive cash flow. Passive cash flow comes in every and single month. And how much of your money do you have left in this land? Uh, so total because you get money back. So he gets yeah. money back with the down payment. He's trying to get as much as possible. You're trying to cover the actual purchase price. Yep. With your down payment, that's that's a home run there, right? Yes. Uh, but if you can't, how much money do you have left in that you've invested? Now you're making seventeen thousand a month. So roughly, and you have a two million dollar asset. Yeah. Two point two million dollar asset in the note. We've spent about $440,000 purchasing land, uh-huh. but here's what's really cool is it's not really my money. It comes from the assignment fees and the closings. That's what we were talking about. And these, the monthly these cash circles flow. right here, these. Yeah, the circles you made. So it's as we assign the contract for, we buy it for 15, we sell it for 25, we just got a $10,000 assignment fee. Yep. That money goes back into the pot of land buying and purchases that ten thousand dollar lot that's worth thirty thousand. So it's it's constantly building itself. And then the seventeen grand a month, we're not using that and going on cruises or anything. That money's going back in, but he, and buying investments. He, here's what I love: you're not being a landlord; you're yeah. being the bank. Yeah, 
The banks always win. Guys, don't get this twisted. It's not the landlord. It's not people that own a bunch of doors that win in the real estate business. It, it is the bank. Every time, the bank is the top, top, top of the pyramid on all of these. So what Brent's doing is he's going out there. He's sending letters to people, and you can get them at thelandshark.com uh, forward slash LOL. Yep, thelandshark. Right? put that on there, Alejandro. LOL. You can get the same exact letter. He's giving it to you for free here because we love you guys. You can send this out to these property owners, and they either fax it or literally sign it and send it back to you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We can't overcomplicate this. I right. still don't believe it happens because it happens every day. <laughs> right. But it's not complicated. <laughs> it really is not. Awesome. So we're going to crack this thing open, guys. That is an overall view of everything. I didn't want you getting too nitty gritty. Raf's got some questions, maybe Mike, and then we'll open it up to the audience. Just one quick uh, one quick question in, in terms of marketing. I was going to ask about marketing campaigns and, and I mean, how much does that run on average? Like if you wanted to hit yeah. a thousand people, right? Budgeting for the marketing is a big thing in wholesaling. So what, yeah, what would you be looking at? A thousand landowners or yeah. on the sell side? So Average 50 to 75 cents a letter. Oh, okay. Nice. The awesome. high end, about a dollar. And then you can do it yourself for 50 cents a pop. So let's crack this thing open because I think that we have plenty of questions for you to get going. Oh, my favorite, favorite question. Yeah. Want me to yeah, read it? That's you. Yeah. All right. John Johnson, thanks for submitting the question. Hey, everyone. Can we talk about how to find land buyers? So one of my favorite ways right now, I, this is like... There's always, I feel like once a month, I get excited about one way to find land, land buyers. Yeah. Last month, it was signs that I already talked about, like just simple signs. Like I go to Home Depot and buy the PVC or the corrugated white, yeah. white plastic. And you, you guys saw my ugly handwriting on that board already. I write land for sale, will finance, phone number. We get buyers with that like crazy. I mean, 10 or 12, 15 signs that stop signs and red lights. Those things are super easy to do. Or What do you say on them? Land for sale and like the number four, right? Two fifty a month phone number or must sell land, thirty eight k. Yep, phone number. Awesome, you know things yep. like that. So, so that's one way. Can I ask? So Bowers and, and we got two brands. Yeah. So I'll say Bowers. So do you hire? Is there like people you can hire to do that for you, or do you actually go out and do it yourself? Yes, I'm so glad you asked that. Yep. Great question because here's the thing: we want to own businesses not have another job. So you might already have another job. So go on buy, sell groups and, and find people for this. Or you might be two go and a half. Go on what th- groups? I'm sorry. Buy, sell groups on Facebook. I'm getting, I'm like getting excited about this. Good. I'm like trying to talk faster yeah. than what my mind is letting it come out. <laughs> but uh, so I go and hire people on buy, sell groups, Facebook buy, sell groups. Because sometimes you're like three hours away from this land and you can't drive up there on a random right. Wednesday. So go on a buy, sell group, like, buy, sell marketplace, buy, sell trade, like yard sale, buy, sell trade groups, and just put looking to hire someone to help me with signs. Mm. We pay people like like 50 bucks to do this. Yeah. So that's cheaper than what you can actually drive there for. And you tell them exactly what you want, exactly how to do it. And we, we, we show them exactly what to buy, the magnum marker that you write with and mm-hmm. how to put them out. They actually write the signs. Yeah. Buy yeah. the signs, write the signs, put them out. Exactly. Take Everything. pictures of them. Everything. Yes, right. you can do that with... Uh, there's simple crew, simple okay. crew. And like it geo targets the signs. It's really cool. Um, the, Is there any way to find buyers online? Like right now, yes. I have a deal right now. I got to sell. I haven't put out signs. I can't wait. I'm in my inspection period. I got to sell it right now. That's the flavor of the month that I'm so excited about. Last month, it was signs for me. Right. This month is online. I don't leave my office. Like I don't even put shoes on for this. So I go to batch <laughs> leads 
Bats.io or yep. Batch Leads Brand, whatever you yep. want to call it. Nope. Um, amazing site. I can go to this 32905 zip code and put in 10,000 square foot lots. Cash buyer, there's a quick filter. Mm-hmm. So it's like at the bottom left. Yep. You hit the quick filter and you find the cash buyer section. Click that. And then you want to go to property characteristics. So you need a subscription to Batch Leads. It's super, yeah. you can get like a seven day free trial and try this out. But you you click the quick filter, then cash buyer, then property characteristics, and then we want vacant lands. Now we want the size. The size, we were looking at 10,000 square foot. So we can do like 7,000 square foot to half acre. Mm-hmm. And then we want to see those cash buyers that have purchased in the last three months. So when did interest rates go up? Like three months ago, right? Mm-hmm. We want to know the, the players on the field right now because that's who we want to play. So we're going to find those guys. Awesome. You click on, you add them all. Like, let's just say there's ten or twelve or thirty of them. Yeah, that have bought in the last like last three months, and then you skip trace them. You get the phone number for these guys and give them a call. I'm looking for the LLCs. Awesome. So, and and Barris, so you do this obviously, right? But you also teach people how to do this, right? So, for anybody who's new and and maybe has never met you before, where would they go if they wanted to work with you to actually learn how to do this for themselves? Wholesalinginc.com forward slash land. All right. Or the landsharks.com. Schedule a call. Join the community. And that's land sharks, plural. Yes. The land sharks, plural. We'll put it in the show notes here. Uh, Christopher, on the agreement, what do you put on the purchase agreement? The parcel number? Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of times there's not an address to vacant raw land. Right. Unless they've like filed for a building permit. So yeah, we put the APN, the assessor's parcel number. We also put the legal description. And here's what's cool is these landowners, sometimes they own multiple parcels and their softwares with like Pebble that will put multiple offers and multiple parcels. But mm-hmm. most of the time, these guys know that, okay, this is the vacant raw land we own out in Colorado. Right. So we were sending out letters doing this. I, I changed. The only reason we stopped doing it is because Jeremy became my disposition manager and he got too busy and he was really running our land department. But we we got three pieces of land. I think it was like a total of like six. 16 acres. I mean, it was real rural mm-hmm. for free. Yeah. They just owed like a couple hundred dollars on their property taxes. And they're like, <laughs> we'll deed this over to you if you pay the property taxes. It's crazy that people do And I'm that. like, what? Yeah. Three properties for absolutely free. Yeah. I mean, we only sold them for like, I think we made a total of like five or 6,000 on all three of them. But if you're looking to get an extra thousand, two thousand, three thousand, five thousand dollars a month, get out of your job, start replacing your income so that you can get into this business full time. This is a really, really, really smart way to do it. Yeah. Really smart way. We got two parcels. I love it. That's why he's a wholesaling ink coach. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's so I think that the land strategy is powerful. I don't think anybody's really, really as passionate about it as you that's that's teaching it and coaching it. And that you gave the whole blueprint. He gave it all away, guys. Like I, I mean, that's the whole blueprint. You can see what he sends out, you can see how he sends it out to him. He, he's gonna tell you how to sell these things. That's fantastic. But if you're looking for accountability and next level and a community, that's the land sharks. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, we awesome. got two free parcels last month in Pennsylvania. Incredible. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, free land contract. Yeah, for real, Brandon. They just literally sign it and send it back to you. Like it comes in the mail and you have a signed, you have a, I think one of them sent the deed signed, <laughs> yeah. I swear. And you guys made five grand on that? Yeah. That's crazy. It's yeah. good money. And I mean, five grand, those, like there was some that I made maybe $600 on or a yeah. thousand, like the fifth one 
I'm still getting paid today. Right. That was one from 2016. It's $547 a month. I maybe have $300 into this parcel of land. Mm -hmm. I sold it for $36,000. So there's just these, these little base hits really add up. Small wins really add up into something phenomenal. But and it looks like these areas, these look like they're in communities. These don't look like they're the real raw, in the middle of nowhere land that don't have any kind of utilities to them. And they don't have anything. These yeah. look like they're they're in town. So do you find it better to to go after these properties that are kind of in the outskirts of town where they have access to utilities? Or do you think that the be better deals are like the ones in the middle of nowhere where people like, you know, want to be preppers yeah. and they want to like go out there and just, you know, light fires and shoot guns and do whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? Actually, like, it, I got a follow up <laughs> question along those lines. So Brent Bowers, improved property, utilities, other things. Is that for you an asset or a liability? I see it as an asset because that's something I can flip, assign the contract for really quick cash <clears throat> and then buy the stuff that I'm really excited about. What you just mentioned, the recreational stuff where like we have 117 lots in, in Arizona, a place no one's ever even heard about. Yeah that we bought for $300 a parcel and we sell it for 4,000 a parcel. And these, these seller financing deals last forever, but that's the stuff where there's no restrictions and we sell it almost every single week. Right. You know, right. That's, so it's incredible. It's both. Is Brandon asked a great question here. How long is your inspection period and how are you explaining your due diligence to the seller? Can you go through how you do due diligence on the land? Absolutely. So on average, most of the time I just do a 30 day purchase agreement with a 15 day inspection. We can pretty much do it in 15 days. There have been some times where like larger, more expensive, like multi-million dollar parcels, we're going for like six months. So I didn't start with the multi-million dollar stuff. I started with like the, literally the couple hundred or the thousand dollar stuff. So, right. And then it just gave me the confidence and it's like, it just continued to build on itself. So the, just the average common stuff that I just showed you on Redfin, that's like a 30-day purchase agreement with the 15-day inspection period. What am I checking for due diligence? I'm having the title insurance company, not the title company, it's called a title insurance company because they're going to give me an insurance policy that if they miss any liens or any encumbrances or back taxes or breaks in the chain of title, all those things. We're also getting down to the nitty gritty. And I have my virtual assistant in the Philippines do this but she calls the local utility company, like the Palm mm -hmm. Bay Utility Company, Florida Power and Light, even though there's nothing on the land because sometimes there's unrecorded liens on these things. So little things like that. Next, you wanna know like, is there road access? How are we gonna access the land? Ingress, egress, entrance, exit, things How do you like find that. that out? The first way is look at a Google like satellite, right. Google, Google Maps, Google satellite. You can see, okay, that looks like a hardball asphalt road or mm -hmm. there's no road. Those are trails, mm -hmm. things like that. And then sometimes the title company can find that out for you. Sometimes you can see that on the legal description. And sometimes it's like, hey, title company, who is your, your ingress, egress attorney or her? Who's your access attorney? So things like that. We were calling the county. Like sometimes the county will have it. Sometimes we were calling the, the zoning department and it was all... They, Jeremy was like best friends with them. Too easy. So yeah, your assessor <laughs> can tell you. Sometimes these assessors know the illegally subdivided land and they'll tell you where to stay away from. Mm -hmm. So I can't say there's a cut and paste way. I've got a like I've got a due diligence yeah. checklist. It's yeah. like 19 things that we check everything and we do the best we can. But there's no explaining to these sellers. It's like, hey, I need to get this right. You don't have to, you do not have to convince your seller if they're motivated. You're not going to talk someone into selling at a discount that's not motivated. So there should be no convincing. Um, that, like, we don't have to explain much. Awesome. Yeah, good question. 
Uh, Patrick, how do you get the offer amounts on a thousand mailers? Is there software to use? Yeah, I'm not using a particular software. That's kind of w- why I went through the process as microing down this as, as little as possible. I'm starting with the, the hot zip code mm-hmm. and the hot size of land. And then I'm going to go and put it on Excel or I can do it on like a white sheet of paper or yeah. that whiteboard that you had back there. I'm going to put the actual sales price like a 35000 Okay, it's 10,000 square foot lot. I'm going to divide 35 divided by 10,000. It's going to tell me that it's sold for $3.50. And then, okay, where do I want to be? 50 cents on the dollar, 60 cents on the dollar. So then I can put that equation into Excel and make it way faster. Uh, so there's no software that I know of that that you can do that. I mean, there's, there's companies like priced. No, I mean, like when you're... No, no, no. When you're sending out your mailers, yeah. you're not typing in Oh no. You're not typing in the 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 price amount for every single piece of land. I assume there's some technology you use. Yeah. Is Pebble, it right here? Yeah. REIPebble.com. Yeah. Ooh, they're they're doing it. Here we mailers. go, Patrick. Yeah. What is this? REIPebble.com. Yeah. So it's uh it's a way like for instance, I go and create here's a campaign I just did. Mm-hmm. I sent out a thousand fifteen mailers and that's their offer price on mm-hmm. about a thirty-two thousand dollars. And they piece do of this land. automatically. Oh yeah, I, a thousand. That's it took incredible. me almost eight minutes to to send these out. Eight and minutes. Yeah, the land. Eight sh- minutes putting it in. So I assume you upload an Excel sheet to yes. them, and yep. then you put in percentage of. Is it a percentage of the tax amount? Is it a percentage of the value amount? Percentage of value. I don't. I don't really care what the taxes are because they're different in every county. Right. That's how we pay our fire department, our police. But we, we found a lot of the deals that we did were people that were behind on their taxes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The the people that and are we behind on their that, taxes. Where did we pull that from? Where'd I get it directly from? from the county. Got it. I usually call the county, either the tax collector office or the county treasurer and say, hey, who is in charge of the people not paying their back taxes on their land, not paying the taxes on their property? Who's in charge of keeping track of that? Oh, that's Cindy. Okay. Can I talk to Cindy? Hey, Cindy, I would like a list of all the people in the last three years that yeah. have not paid their taxes on their, on their property. And we Three years. Yeah, I just go Minimum, back three years. Not one year, just three? Sometimes they can only give us one year. Right. And here's what Cindy's going to think. She's going to think that you want to pay those back taxes right. and make a return on investment for your money. So right. I explained it to Cindy. No, I want to buy the land and then pay the back taxes. Right. Oh, you want everyone that's been behind. Yes. So sometimes they can only give us one year. Sometimes they give us I feel us like there's years. software that does this. None that you, you found try on PropStream. Like sometimes PropStream shows it, but right. it's 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 not accurate. In it's my not opinion. always accurate. No. Um, awesome. Antonio asks, how do you skip trace the land buyers LLC to give them a call or text? That's Batch Leads IO Batch uh, SkipTracing.com. You can get it there or Batch Leads. Yeah, they can pull LLC's information. If for some reason it doesn't come up, Antonio, you got to go do a little bit of digging. Okay, you need to go in there and you need to find out who is the managing member of that uh, LLC and then reach out to them. Okay, that's, that's how you do it. Such a great yep. job. Uh, Matt, If mo- we must have a lot of questions about, about land because we haven't celebrated one time yet. These guys are getting itchy fingers over there, ready to rock and roll. I'm getting an itchy hand here for this bell, so we better have something soon. We have a lot of land questions. All right, well, let's give value and then we'll give some celebrations. Matt, if multiple parcels are connected to you, to your list, to your list, each of the parcels, or do you have three agreements? So I I get this question all the time. I just send one agreement. And what's really cool is Pebble does it for me now automatically. 
where I was just saying, hey, if you have other properties for sale or other available land for sale, let us know about those as well. Now Pebble actually individually gives me, like do puts pe- it on there. Do people have money right now in this economy for vacant land? Have you seen any slowdown? Have you seen any increase? Have you seen it's just been flat? Have you, over the last six years that you've been doing this, is there a difference now that, you know, inflation and interest rates and everything else, how has that impacted your business? So I called Kelly, my executive assistant last week, because I asked her, I was like, are we having a lot of land buyers stop stop making payments? She right. said, no, Brent, it's the same four we've been dealing with now for six months. And right. we get a late fee every month. Sure. So no increase in the last six months. In default. In default. Yeah. Everyone's making that payment. And it comes out automatically. It comes right out of their bank account. And if there's no money in their bank account, it goes to the next step and hits their credit card. Mm-hmm. So and then if So you have their bank account and their credit card? Yes. On everybody that you lend to. Every piece of land. Yes. We don't wow. run credit. We don't do background checks. Right. If they make that down payment in the dock fee, we trust that they will keep paying for this asset. And if they don't, how do you get the property back? We Well, there's a couple ways. It depends. If we sold it through a realtor, we go through a general title closing, all that, and they get a deed of trust and a promissory note. Right. That is my security on that property. And usually we will not do that unless it's at least $5,000 down. Sure. And I've never had to foreclose on a piece of land yet since okay. 2016. Yep. Now, if they only put like $1,000 down or $1,500 down or a couple thousand dollars down, we will do what's called a contract for deed. Now, mm. you want to check with your local foreclosure attorney, not your real estate attorney, but your foreclosure attorney in your state or your county because they're going to tell you, okay, here's what you have to have as far as verbiage on your contract for deed. Here's what you want to have to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. And a contract for deed is simply as long as they pay, they keep enjoying the use of that property. And when they pay it off, then they get the deed. Then the deed, we have 60 days to put Uh, that deed in their name. And we take care of all that for them. Now, sometimes they stop paying for that. Sometimes they call and say, hey, we're not moving to Colorado anymore. We don't want the land. So I, I, we, we explain to them, look, you can probably sell the land. Here's the realtor we would use, or we'll just take it back, which we talk them out of that. Like we don't, they've been paying for this for, for months and months and months. And most of the time we're profitable on it. Or sometimes we'll buy it back for them. Yeah. I just bought one back the other day for 400 bucks that the guy paid almost eight grand on. So it's it's kind of the dirty part about this business. People stop paying. Chris, and it's usually the people that didn't put a significant down. Yes. Anytime I would say I've had. But I assume those properties are the ones that you bought for a lower price anyway. Like hundreds of bucks. Right. Or or free. I, I actually bought a piece of land three months ago with a pack of Paps Blue Ribbon. Like that's, he said, send me six bucks PBR. on PBR. Yes. Like the guy on Venmo, like it had PBR as his pitcher yeah. for Venmo. So he sold it to us for like six bucks. <laughs> we'll sell it. It's not a big one. We'll sell it for like four grand. That's like, so how many PBRs is that? Is that like five PBRs? I don't Pretty know. Pretty good return on a pack of PBR. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So, All right. Chris asks, when I pull vacant land on PropStream, most of the time there's no direct address attached to the land because there's no improvement. So I can't skip trace the lot. Any suggestions to get around this? To skip trace that particular landowner, you just want to see what their name, the name of the owner is mm-hmm. and their mailing address. And that's where we upload it to batch skip. We right. upload it as a list. Yeah. So it's the mailing address. Yeah, mailing address and the name. And yeah. if it's an LLC, which was really cool. I mean, is it do, is it common that you'd like pull up a list of vacant land and they don't have formal addresses and they don't have a mailing address? Or There's mo- always a mailing address because okay. they got to send the tax payments somewhere. That's what I thought. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I thought. So it shouldn't be a problem, Chris. Yeah. 
have a land deal now. Had a home years ago that burnt down. Existing foundation is in buildable condition. Ever had this uh, scenario? Does it add or take away when comping with existing lots? It actually really helps your value, especially if you have an existing foundation, which I'd be very careful about that. Fires usually mess those up as well. But you have electric you already have yeah. the water, yeah. like everything. That's amazing. Yeah, but would you do you think it's worth more? Yes. Or do they have to go in and pull out that foundation and pay the cost to get that hauled and then put pour a new foundation and all that? Good point. Yeah. I would have that foundation inspected by an engineer because if you uh-huh. have to dig that up, right. Now you're like, okay, the land's worth ten thousand. Right. It cost me ten thousand to to dig this foundation up. Yes. Now you have like zero dollar lot. Basically. Right. In in my experience, uh Micah. It costs more to get it removed. It's it's actually easier for the builders and engineers to get uh, building permits for a brand new house uh, that's not just on the existing foundation, uh, that they just clear it all out, start fresh and new, at least here in Phoenix. It really depends on, I, I think you got to look at this from a timing perspective. Is it more or less time and cost for a buyer or a, a builder to use this foundation or not? Because we used to have, I mean, you guys know, Raph, you know, it used to be one of those things where if you leave one wall up mm-hmm. in Phoenix, the, the permitting process was much easier and smoother. And then they changed that and, and everybody's just bulldozing it, pulling everything out and starting from brand new again. Yeah, and, uh, 100%. So one thing with burnt uh, properties, it will, the, the fire, the heat will impact the foundation. So it may look okay, but the integrity of it is off. So that's why engineering comes in handy. That comes from the fire background. It's good that we have a firefighter <laughs> here. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Awesome. So those get tricky. Uh, Femi, just had an offer accepted for four, 820 acres in Gem, Idaho, I assume. Uh, seller is looking for 8 to 10 million. Realtor is saying we could sell for 24 to 27 million. Do you think we should? Well, first of all, I'm going to ring because you got that uh, that locked up. So here we go. You guys ready? Oh, yeah. Damn. You thought it was just the bell. We got a yeah. whole band going <laughs> yeah. on here. Uh, the Make sure game. you put in your celebration. So uh, need, what do you think? We need some maracas for what what, for what do you think, Brent? Do you think that this is a situation that he should just talk to the realtor and and get their best advice or subdivide it? What do you think? This is amazing, Femi. Congrats getting that locked up. I want to know what realtor saying that. Is it the listing agent? Because I never believe what the you know, listing agent is saying. Yeah. The next step I would go is I would talk to the actual mayor in Gem, Idaho, oh. also the city planner, and see what do you guys want yeah. and where do you want wow. it? Because yeah. here's the thing, they might never allow that 820 acres to be touched. And then, you know, I think there's plenty of water out there, but mm-hmm. one thing we struggle with a lot in Arizona and Colorado is, okay, I've got 100 acres, but I have no water. Right. So things like that. So you want to see what is needed first. What do they want? Because you, do, you don't want to go against the grain with them. Mm-hmm. You want to see how, talk to the mayor. how you can That's incredible. partner up. Basically. Sammy, talk to the mayor and come back and let us know what he said. That'd be incredible. That's That'd sticking really outside cool. the box right there. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. Well, it's really smart. 820 acres. Yeah. If you're looking at something Huge. at that purchase price. Big deal. Oh, big yeah. Trevor. Trevor, <laughs> have our next subdivide at title and raise 815000 to buy and improve the 1,200 acres this week. Buy side, 2.7. Sell side, 5.1. Come on. 
Trevor Provance, a wild animal. He's one of our land sharks. He just comes on to get wins. Oh, wow. He turns ranches into pastures. The guy has been doing this since like he was a little tiny boy. Really? He's crushed. Wow. Congratulations. Uh, Santana B, can you subdivide a large plot of land to leverage an assignment fee? So I'm kind of reading this. I know where he's coming from. I think the answer is absolutely yes. Depends on how much time you have. Most definitely can. Takes forever. This is where you want to, once again, partner up with the seller. Mm -hmm. Say, look, we're going to be a partnership. This is going to be a long, at least six to nine month ride. I can get you more if you stay on with me. But my my plan is to do this, like, and actually explain your plan. That's that's one of the best ways, unless you're just walking around with tons of cash and yeah. you want to gamble it. <laughs> yeah. Um. One time I bought three points or two point seven seven acres that was approved for thirty six townhomes. Right. And we pulled the trigger on it. One point two million dollars. Yeah. Let me tell you where I made the biggest mistake ever. What if the city wouldn't have approved it? Right. It is approved now, thank God. But we we've owned it for almost a year and a half. Right. So yeah. just be prepared. Like be prepared for those types of things. I like to bring the seller on board for those. And yes, you can get an assignment fee. You can talk to a local builder, Dr. Horton, Lamar, any of these people that are building out there. Skip trace them. A lot of times, the phone number is right on the internet. Yep. And you say, "Look, I'm in communication with the seller. I get it under contract. Ex- explain to the seller what you're doing. Get it under contract and present that to that builder. And yes, they will give you an assignment fee. But a lot of times, yep. these big builders like for you to buy it first. Yep. And then yeah, they, Santana, here's the thing. Most of them are not going to want to pay an assignment fee. They're not going to want to take your contract. They want to see you own the property and they want to deal with you. Um, not only that, but there is so much due diligence that goes into subdividing. So much due diligence. It takes forever. So when you have somebody that, and this happens all the time, we talk to people all the time, whether it's in town on a small 3,000 square foot lot, or if it's you know a three acre square foot lot. You could build a skyscraper on this. This is zone for multifamily. You can subdivide this whole thing. And once you do that, it's going to be worth, you know, 3 million. And I want 2 million for this property where you can offer them 200,000. Let's be honest. So really be wary, really be careful with the people that are selling you the dream of their lot. Yeah. Okay. He's talking about sending out letters and people accepting 10, 30, 50% of what they're currently selling for, depending on how far out they are from like civilization, right? So these are motivated people that want to get rid of their, their lots. The people that go on this whole thing and they send you their plans for the lot, they send you all their work that they've done getting it pre-permitted or designed by an engineer and everything, always want way more than it's worth. Oh, yeah. I am telling you right now, it is a trap. It is quicksand. Avoid it at all costs. Mr. Medina, I found an empty lot, maybe 5K to 10K square feet in SoCal. Nice. It's between two homes, and I found another between apartment complexes. Would those be considered a viable option to wholesale? A thousand percent, bro. Yeah. Like, Mr. Medina, if you can get those locked up, you're going to make a fortune. And also, Southern California. Also, find those guys that are flipping and, and that, that would be probably a new builder that could leverage sure. an additional dwelling unit yes. back as ADU. well. Yep. So I'm telling you, huge. those are phenomenal. We've, we've made a fortune off of selling empty lots here in Phoenix, Phoenix, Glendale, Chandler, Gilbert, even in Queen Creek. I mean, we've sold lots all over the place. They're phenomenal deals. People snatch them up. 
people are really doing, especially if they're zone, if they're in really hot areas, but especially if they're zone multifamily, they're incredible. But you got to get them at a really good discount. You still got to find a good deal. Michelle, if vacant land in cities, how do you find ARV for those lots if not in areas? So no comps. You got no yeah. comps for vacant lots. If there's absolutely zero comps, you don't find comps. You can look on Zillow. You can look on Redfin. And then the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to try and find a land specialist realtor that's close by, that's maybe selling in the city. That's why I started in the city. And you can kind of expand out, you know, get that land specialist realtor, not just any realtor, not someone that just holds a real estate license or your, your uncle Bob. Yeah. That's the, not, not the person you want to talk to. That's who you need to ask. Like, okay, I've got 10 acres. It's in the middle of nowhere. Oh yeah, I see comps from three years ago. It sold for 1,000 an acre. And that's all you have to go off of. And when I'm not sure about something, I go for, I like try and strike gold. Like I'll get it. I'll mm-hmm. try and go for like 10 cents or less on the dollar because it's just not being sure about it. Like anytime I'm unsure, we will almost give them an offer that we know they will not accept. And sometimes it's funny. They do. Michelle, depending on your area, um, if you're in Southern California, it'd be about 20%. Uh, but for most areas, it's 10% right now of what a new home would sell for is what a builder wants to buy that piece of land for. Okay. So if that, if the neighbors are going for 300,000, they're going to want to buy that lot for 30. That means you got to be at like 5% of that. You know what I'm saying? So just look at it from a percentage standpoint and you can talk to builders. I mean, go, you know, trust me, but verify for sure. Go out there and speak to the actual builders that are putting together, uh, you know, building right now. They're looking for deals. They're looking at 10%. On average, used to be 20. It's now down to 10, unless you're in one of those really, really, really ridiculously hot areas that don't really get affected because the the supply and demand is always in their favor. Uh, they're at 20%. So uh, I would say most of the country is going to be 10, be at 5% of what, a, what the highest sale in that neighborhood went for. So if there's not any new builds in that neighborhood, look for the highest flip. Highest flip sold for 500,000. You want to be at 5%. You want to be at 25,000 and sell that for 50,000. One thing we try and do is pre-sell those. Like we had the buyer yeah. already ahead of time. Bobby says, I have a buddy who is letting sell, letting sell 30 lots between Colorado and Arizona. What do I do now? Figure out what they're worth, you know, figure out what they would sell for on the retail market by more than likely. That's not going to be a Redfin area. You're going to have to find, see if you can find comps on Zillow that have sold. And then there, there's another place you can check too is landwatch.com. Landwatch.com. For the more rural vacant land. Landwatch.com. Uh, do letters work better than postcards? Why and why not? Wendell asks. Wendell, this is like the the perfect question. <laughs> I think there's more work up front in letters. We call them blind offers or the land offer letter. Yep. Because they work better because here's the thing. There's no time wasted. There's not a lot of, lot of phone talking. If you're like me in the beginning, I had no money and no time. So I didn't have time to negotiate with these and take a bunch of phone calls from postcards. I would send them specific offers. It would come back signed. I never had to even make a phone call. I could do it from my like government computer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would buy it just like that. And then I would follow up with a postcard and I would get people that did never that never answered that letter. So I think that we look at data. Is there is there a sequence to that? Yes. I'll do a I'll do a letter first and then 12 weeks later we'll do a postcard. But I I started I caught every myself. four months. Yes. Okay. Roughly every four months we switch it up. But I caught myself because I said I think, but we looked at data because mm-hmm. you want to look at data, not drama, because I've made some bad decisions on my emotions before. Right. No one else has ever done that, I'm sure. 
but we looked at data and we were buying more land from the actual specific land offer letters, which are letters than postcards. Right. Awesome. Data, not drama. Vasily, have you ever dealt with California owners that were victims of forest fires? How would I approach them? Very, very cautiously. Is the fire out? No, I'd never, I've never bought any out there. <laughs> not that, not so. that they're on fire. Right? <laughs> no, I mean, I would say just, just, just be aware that they lost everything and you just want to go in. And if you can, if you, you want to be the problem solver, the person, we bought a lot of burnt land in Colorado and these sellers, mm-hmm. like one was one week away from get a cert, getting their certificate of occupancy. Uh, we bought the land for $13,000. They had almost 400,000 into it. And that was one of the hardest like conversations. And oh, by the way, their builder's insurance policy had just lapsed a week prior. So, and they, they gave it to us, basically. They were just distraught. But silly, it just depends on if something was built on there. If it's vacant land, it's different. Just make sure it's somewhere where people would want to buy. Make sure that there's sales in the area. So how would I approach it? Go, go and see if there's other burnt lots that have sold. And if there is, go for it. If not, then no. So if you're doing, if it's one of those things where you're like, Hey, would you consider an offer on your property? And you're calling on like an ugly house and they're like, no. And you're like, okay, do you have any other properties that you would consider selling? Maybe even a piece of land. They're like, yeah, I got this land in California, but it just went through this forest fire. Do your due diligence. Look, look to see if there's any sales. If so, then, you know, base your efforts off of that. But if not, just move on. People buy burnt land from us all the time. Keanu, Daniel Keanu, great to see you. We actually have like 24 acres under contract in SoCal. Come on! (laughs) That is bananas. Daniel, get them sold. Or uh, maybe that's an owner finance. I don't know. Probably an owner finance if I know you. So great to see you on this show, brother. Nice work, Great, great, great to see you. Uh, JVC closing on my personal house on Friday. Super excited. Here we go. JVC is lighting it on fire. I love that picture of you because that is pre-beard. I don't think I've ever seen you without a beard, and it is a robust beard. Yeah, robust. I need need a noisemaker. Like, uh, like I'll go get the drill or something. He's got one for you. Mike will get you one. Where's that uh, kazoo trombone? I'm like so go. unprepared. Uh, Adam, hey guys, any advice for getting first deal on a budget? Yes, Adam, I'll tell you mine and then I'll let Brent tell you yours from a land perspective. Find an ugly house, get the address, get the phone number, right? If you have zero, zero, zero budget, you could try True People Finder or White Pages uh, and try to find the, the right phone number for them and call them up and ask them, uh, when do you plan on selling this property? That's it. You just have to ask enough people, when do you plan on selling this property? It's an open-ended question. It's, it's going to allow you to have a really good conversation with the property owners. And that's it, it's just simple. Go after ugly houses and get big checks at them. Don't overthink it. Everywhere in every community in the United States, there are properties that need some love, that need some renovation. So just go around and find the ugliest properties that you can and call them up and ask them, when do you plan on selling this property? Okay? If you need any... Any guides, any resources, any tools, any downloads, ttpinsider.com. TTP Insider gives you literally like a million dollars worth of free downloads um, that that we've either invested in ourselves as a company and or just through our experience. Uh, you can get that downloaded complimentary. So definitely check that out, ttpinsider.com for scripts and resources and tools. Hey, Brent, for Adam? Yep. 
people always forget to go to their title companies. Title companies will give you lists of absentee, absentee owners and, and that kind of stuff. It's like you guys aren't even on the show this, this and, week. It, it's so everybody's easy. asking Brent all these land questions. Yeah, Brent, Brent's <laughs> making it so easy. Oh, God, sorry, the, the, the title company. So yeah, title companies for Adam. Uh, go to title company. You can get lists there. And then sometimes they'll give you the phone numbers. Like, granted, the quality is not, you know, it's not going to be the same as if you get a skip trace. Yep. But it's a, it's a way to get started on a budget. So. Awesome. So um, talk to your sales reps at the title companies. Awesome. You know, the, I would say, I don't know what the budget is, but I, I too, you know, I was the same way. I like had no time, no money. So I was really kind of just limping along there. So I went directly to the tax collector. Uh, Florida, we call it a tax collector. Colorado, we call it the uh, treasurer's office, the treasurer's office, the county treasurer. And I asked him for that, that list of people that were not paying their taxes on their property. That was the tax delinquent list. And then that's how I started with the individual letters. And we picked the people, we picked the lowest hanging fruit first because I needed these letters to count. Like I needed deals right away. So we picked the, the people that were behind on their taxes and out of state. And those were the first, the ones that got the letters first. And, you know, you could do those in your basement. Me and my wife, Emily, we used to literally <laughs> write the letters after we would put Zechariah. Well, and bed. you've got the, you've got the letters in your right there, landsharks.com forward slash LOL. You can print them right there. You can download them right there and then get to work with them. What CRM <laughs> are you using? Femi asks. Uh, so we use, we use pipe drive. Pipe drive. We, we had some developers like really critique it directly how we wanted it and develop it. And I don't recommend it. <laughs> There's way easier CRMs out there. Yeah. Yeah, unless you've got a big team, Femi, I don't think you need a CRM, to be honest. Um, you can if you're like, if you love everything in your computer and you love, you know, having everything at your fingertips and on your on your phone or tablet or whatever else. Great, but don't get lost. The CRM is where people get lost forever and then they don't get productive. They stay busy in their CRM and they don't be productive and it turns into a nightmare because you're not really doing deals. You're just kind of playing around with the technology. So really watch it. Technology is a huge distraction in our business. Yeah. Yeah. I still write deals down in a white paper yeah. and then my team's like, why is it not in the CRM? Right. But that's that's just how I operate. That's it. Uh, just closed on a deal in South Jersey last week. $11,033 bankruptcy situation took three months, but got it done. Congratulations, Chris. Here you go. That's awesome. Yes. Uh, Chantel, just got my first deal under contract in Colorado yes. Springs. Thank you for all your help, Brent. Here we go, Chantel. That's a great area. That great area. Yeah, you lived there for a while. Yeah. You did a lot of land deals there. A lot of wholesale deals, too. Marcellus Wallace Bowers, what's the largest assignment fee you've heard of on a piece of land? Heard of. And then let's talk about, let's put you on the spot. Biggest one that you've done on a piece so of land. So I'll start with me first. I'm still on a piece of land. We are at 74000 That's the highest Ooh, Hold on fee. a second, yeah. boy. Do you know what's So we actually did a uh, $99,000 assignment fee on a house, which yep. I'm, so, I'm still like a little hurt about this because it was a it house. It was a dirty, nasty, oh. stinky house. Okay. Cat pee everywhere. Sure. But what's really cool about that $74,000 assignment fee, it was from a developer. This guy, he's 86 years old. He mm -hmm. lives in Sebring, Florida now. Yep. I'm actually looking at another 36 acres that he owns. So we're about to do another deal together. Mm -hmm. So that's that's that with that. Um, one of my students, one of the Landshark students, 
87,000 is the highest I've heard of yep. so far. Awesome. Now there's some that they've bought and made $400,000 fees. Well, like, you have people making a million dollars in your group. There's, yeah. there's, a, there's several. I mean, Trevor yeah. Probant. Yeah. He already chimed in here. Yeah. Awesome. So there you go. Marcellus, you can get big deals. The biggest one we did was 43,000. Beautiful. From a piece of land right over here um, off of Glendale Road. Yeah. Uh, ask Ben dating advice for everybody asks still trying to close my first deal. I can't get my buyers to call me back. Well, a couple of different things. Here you go. You need to, if they're not calling you back, text them and just say, Hey, listen, I don't want to bug you. I just want to see if you have interest in this property and keep calling and calling and calling and calling. You know, sometimes when we make 10 calls, we're like, Oh my gosh, I'm so exhausted. It takes a hundred, 10 times that effort. You know what I mean? And I don't know how how you've reached out, but if you haven't reached out by picking up the phone and calling them, then it's a big mistake. If you're just sending out messages, DMs, posting, and all that in this market, um, it's not enough. Your buyers, that it's have not them, enough. Your buyers that have the most cash, they're not going to be the first ones to answer their phone, right? Like they're not, they don't have time. Like you, need, you need to figure out when they do have. Sometimes it's Saturday morning before eight a.m. Yep. Um, there's no more questions. No more questions. Okay, got it. So we answered everybody's question about land, Brent. There you it's go. Amazing. Winning. So let me ask you this. You send out, um, Are you? do you feel like you are, most of your income is coming from a certain price range of properties? Like, is it the properties that are between five and 20,000 that you get under contract? Or is it the properties that are like 5,000 and under? Our majority is under 40,000. Under forty thousand, and that's that's what we're actually. But above for. what thousand? Like it, it could oh, be yeah. a dollar from about. It's about from ten thousand to forty thousand. Okay. So and and then my first deals though. Let me like I I want to put this back in perspective of how I started because I know that a lot of people are just getting started on here. My first deals weren't forty thousand. They start. I started with like the first deal I ever bought was yeah. two hundred eighty five dollars. Right. How did I get yeah. it? That guy was years behind on the tax delinquent list. Right. And that turned, that was a five, I sold it for 5,000 to a realtor the next day. And then the next one was 500 that I sold for 5,000. So those really added up. Yep. Got it. And when people are calling you from your direct mail, who's answering that? Uh, I've got two acquisition managers, Chrissy and Jen. They're both phenomenal. Do they answer live or do they go to voice? Live only. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it goes to voice. Sure. But uh, we would rather answer live than try and reach that seller again. Sometimes it takes weeks to get them back on the phone. Yeah. Raph, what's your experience with Lane? Um, yeah, we've, we've done a, a bunch of land deals. They, uh, they are tricky. Like, uh, I've, I've gotten paid uh, for rental properties, like stuff that I, that I own and rent because they, they didn't have the money with, uh, with land property, like up north. Yeah, so they were behind a month and a half, and and I have no money. So they, they traded you. They traded the land for, for the month. Yeah, so that worked. Wow. I mean, you see all kinds of interesting things. My question uh, for Bowers is like we're we're seeing the trends in in the real estate market, right? Like we have you know prices dropping, and then sellers kind of be, you know bogging down a little bit. Yeah. Are you seeing on the land side specifically? Are you seeing that stuff? You know, type of stuff happen as well, or Absolutely. what? What are you seeing there? Yeah, for the buildable like infill lots, the ones that I showed with the Palm Bay example, yeah. where, where where developers and builders were just like buying them up like crazy before July. Yeah, we've seen that slow down. Has it stopped? No. And what's really what's really cool is you mentioned this. You started to kind of briefly mention this, but people are land banking. They're buying that stuff, the raw vacant land <clears throat> in the middle of nowhere because they're looking at inflation of like seven to nine percent. So like, I'm just going to put that money right into land. Right. 
And so that stuff is selling better, especially the stuff wow. we're seller financing. Do you sell these things to, huge, to hunters? Do you sell these things to the, again, those like preppers? You know what I mean? We, yeah. we were selling land. We were doing this and we were selling land to people that just wanted to like take a trailer out to this lot in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And blow stuff up like and, Tannerite. And just, I don't even know what they were going to do. <laughs> you know, I think they just didn't like society or people yeah. or, or whatever else. Yeah. You know what I mean? All the above, the, the paycheck to paycheck person, the iron worker, the semi, I, for, for some reason, my first, like, I think year and a half in this business, I must've sold to like 10 or 12 truck drivers. It was really funny. And I could like sell the non-buildable stuff. Like the land that was like less than an acre yeah. in the middle of Colorado. They're tired of traffic. They just want to go out there in the middle of nowhere. The prepper, uh, a college students, they have an RV, like a class C RV. <clears throat> mm -hmm. They buy a piece of land in every state they go to. It's it's just crazy. Why like, not cold call these people? I mean, why just send them letters? So I'm really, I, I like to set it and forget it. Like okay. I'm looking more for the lifestyle side. I Cold calling absolutely works. And yeah. you told me one time that uh, buying land Cold calling landowners is like shooting fish in yeah, a five-gallon bucket. Yep. So me and my team did it for a while because yep. I had a couple cold callers sitting around doing mm -hmm. nothing. And it worked, but it was just, I, I liked just the, the whole male side of it because it's like the steady eddy. I can kind of predict. Listen, it. if you can have a nice return on marketing, like if you spend a dollar in marketing through your direct mail, how much do you think you're getting back from that? So here's here's some examples. For every every five hundred dollars we spend, yep. we are locking up one deal. Okay. A couple of years ago, for every two hundred letters we sent, we would lock up one deal. Okay. So let's just say five hundred dollars spent is making us at least ten to fifteen thousand dollars. So it's a almost a three X return. That's bonkers. I have yeah. a student that just told me the other day that's a twenty X. That's a thirty X way better so than uh, five, properties. I'm, I'm thinking five thousand. Yes, you're absolutely right. I said five hundred. Yeah. Yes. If I spend five hundred, we make ten to fifteen. Sorry, I was thinking yeah, five thousand. That's twenty 50. to thirty return times return. So I need a calculator for it. Like See, that's wild. Else. Well, I'm a I'm a brainiac when it comes to math I can and tell. spelling. I can tell. And I'm glad you caught that because <laughs> people love it on this. Yeah, they love it. They can't get it's enough. Amazing. Of it. Yeah. So yeah. you're getting a twenty X return on it. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, sell us. All right. I know that we get a lot of land questions. That's why I brought them on to the show. So I don't know if we already tapped out and everybody's like blown away and they're like, oh my gosh, or they just went to your Hopefully they're went to land. land sharks getting your stuff right now. The landsharks.com guys. What are the most free cost effective ways to find land deals? So I already mentioned the tax delinquent list and actually sending a letter to those guys. But okay. one thing I like doing is when I drive my kids to school, I, I try and go a different way and I will see lots that oh, you know, yeah. people own and I will add it to my, my deal machine app. I actually drove by a lot the other day that had uh, two foundations on two different lots and there was weeds growing. They had already mm -hmm. compacted the sand, mm -hmm. not the actual concrete, but there was weeds growing out of it. I added that to deal machine the other day. It's just this amazing app that you can automatically mails it, but maybe you are on a tight budget. So write that address down and you need the time block for this because yep. you will forget after you you drive home, you'll forget you're kind of getting your daily activities. Write that address down and go on the county assessor site, figure out the name and the mailing address of those people and just send them a quick letter or you can you know, skip trace them with batch call them. and call them. Yeah, I would say, and this is um, in the, the markets that are tougher, like you don't do as many deals, but the deals are bigger, the San Diego's, mm -hmm. the LA's, Seattle's, the Portland's, I would say 80% of the deals that my students do are vacant land. 
Because we we go hard after vacant land in those areas because oftentimes it's overlooked. Oftentimes it's it's overgrown and people don't really know if that's owned by the city or is that owned by like somebody just personally. And they find those opportunities and those are really, really, really strong. Yeah. So um drive for dollars and getting you know, getting those lots on your list are is really really important. I don't care if it's commercial, I don't care if it's residential. Yeah. If it's a vacant piece of land, I mean it's shocking to me. Phoenix has been around not not as long as, you know, most most areas, but I mean really established since the 60s and they're still in the middle of where everything started in our town. There's still vacant lots. I'm like what is happening here? Yeah. Nobody's built anything on this or whatever. It's absolutely incredible. It's Daniel, funny. I'll ask one for for SoCal acreage, wondering if it makes more sense to go the development route or the glamping RV route. It's zoned for both, apparently. Any advice? Hmm, it's mixed. So you can you can do, I assume, a development route for for houses. I mean, people are really into the glamping and the RV stuff right now in the tiny houses, especially in California. So you just really need to look and see what what's the, the cash flow and best yeah. use. The ROI, yeah. yeah, what's the highest and best use? And then it goes back to what does that mayor want? What does that city planner want there? Mm-hmm. Because there's something called public-private partnership. There might be grants for things like this. You get in there and start going to these development meetings. Now, these things are boring as all get out, but you've got to go sit through them and, and start talking to the county commissioners because it's not what we want. It's what the people want, their constituents that that vote them into these offices. Yeah. So reach out to him. It'll be a great relationship. Dimitri, I lovely how I know you Woo! do, brother. Just got two lots assigned for 38K. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> That's amazing. Dimitri does this from Belgium. Belgium. He's That's done over 400 land deals in Florida from Belgium. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Right. That's, that's, you guys got to connect. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Dimitri Van Camp. Yeah. He's, he's incredible. Yeah. Uh, plant-based Maj. Uh, can we get a deal out of calling numbers for land for sale signs? Okay. So plant, you like literally read my mind because I was thinking about this a little bit earlier before we started talking about, I drove by on the way to the airport. I must've noticed three signs that were like grown up with trees over them. And they're like falling down. I was like, I deal, assume, deal, deal. Right I assume there. this is in Florida. Yes, yes, yes. Because there's not a lot of plants growing over signs in Phoenix. <laughs> no, not Phoenix. Right? Not okay. Phoenix. I was thinking to myself, that is where you get a deal. That's like an ugly house. It's yeah. screaming, knock on my door. Definitely. I mean, when you're, whenever <laughs> the thought pops into your brain, Maj, of should I call this person? The answer is yes. A hundred percent. Even if they don't want to sell, they could be a buyer. Even if they don't want to buy or sell, they could give you a referral. Even if they don't get, want to buy or sell or be your referral, they might have money that they want to invest. You never know. The more people you talk to, the luckier you are. It's a fact. Heck yeah. We're Hashtag. Calling our, we're calling trademark. Our cash buyers list today because we have a, a deal that we need 360000 for. So we're calling them and seeing if they want to lend to us. Right. Like our cash buyers list. Like, why didn't we do this sooner? Genius. I love it. Jose, uh, top niche lists, land lists to market to. You know, I, I think the the as niche as possible is definitely um, <laughs> the tax delinquent yeah. list. I've mentioned it multiple times, but also inheritedlandlist.com. Um, Micah over at US Lead List, they're pulling these things monthly. Like these people inherit this land. You want to be very careful about mailing that land. Be very sympathetic because, you know, some have probably died. They inherited. Um, yeah. So those are 
the two top niche. And then I, I really, once I find success in those areas, I'll pull the entire county land list, like all of it. And mail how much mail do you send out a month? It's not much. You're going to laugh about 500 a week. Really? 500 letters a week. 2000 letters a month. Yeah. Sometimes Holy we'll spike cow. a little bit when I find a new area. Yeah. I'll mail the whole thing, but that's, that's our consistent. That's to keep our deals. Consistent. And that costs you about 2000 a month. Yeah. If that. Right. Not quite. Right. Incredible. No. Are you double closing? <laughs> Veronica asks, great picture, Veronica. Are you double closing on larger fees? No, I don't do a lot of double closing. We did with the developer one time because the developer wanted us to own it. Yeah. That's, I don't do a lot of, I show them what the assignment fee is. And uh, most of the time, I don't care if the buyer gets upset and they don't usually. So I, I don't think there's any reason to hide it. Plus, I don't want two sets of closing fees. Right. Uh, if I'm going to double close, I'm going to buy it and then seller finance it. Awesome. Diana, hello. I'm new to all this. Really interested in learning. I've been looking around and seeing a lot of homes for sale by owners. How would I message them or tell them so we can get a contract? Beautiful. <laughs> all right. So we're looking. This for. is a question for me. So you see, you you just calm down, okay, yeah. Mister Land. All <laughs> right. Let me let me handle. Yeah, <laughs> let me handle this. So Diana, here you want to you want to call them up and um, you want to see if they have any current offers. Do you have any current offers on the property? Right. And um, if they do, ask them, are they planning on accepting those offers or are they negotiating or where they're at in the process? This just lets you know what your competition is. If there's a lot of competition, if they're like, yeah, I've got like 15 offers and we're going for it, don't even worry about it. You don't want to be in a bidding war for those things. So that's the first thing. Second one is um, you want to see, you know, if, if you don't sell this property for this price, because typically they're too high. For sale by owners are notoriously too high, and that's why they're for sale by owners, because real estate agents don't want to uh, list it at the price that they want, or you know they're trying to get as much money out of these properties as possible, and they have grand ideas, right? So they list it too high. So you want to ask, if you don't get this price, what's your plan with the property? And if they're like, well, I'll list it with an agent, or I'll... I'll I'll rent it out or I'll do something else. Then you understand, okay, is there a lot of motivation here? Probably not, right? And if they're like, listen, I need to sell this thing right now. So give me your best offer and we'll talk about it. And then just ask them, you know, going back to what Brent was saying, if I can give you cash as is offer, make this as smooth as possible for you. You don't have to pay any commissions. You don't have to put another cent into the property. Um, how much would you take, right? Open-ended question. And then they give you a price and say, is that the best you can do? And if it's still too high, if they still want too much, then say, okay, listen, and I know that this is a lot. So just go back and write all these things down. So you can just kind of go step by step so that you feel more comfortable. Cause I want to give you every, uh, every option that you run into um, so that you feel comfortable just asking the next question. And then the last one really is, well, you know, I can't get you your price in cash, but I can do it in payments. Would you be open to payments? And then just be quiet. And then just see what they say. And then you get into some creative financing type situations. That's a good one. So one, do you have any current offers that you're negotiating? Is it still available? Right. Two, if you don't sell it, what are you going to do? Three, for a cash as is offer, make it super smooth. What's the best that you could do? And then uh, four, oh, well, I can't give you that, but would you be open to payments? And that's the conversations that you have. And 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 most of the people are going to be unrealistic. Most of the people are just trying to fish. Most of the people are just going to want, you know, way more than it's worth and just disqualify them. You don't remember we're deal finders, not deal creators. So go after the people that truly have the motivation, progress, not perfection. One more thing for Diana on that note, look at the, uh, find out how long they've been trying to sell for, because that's going to give you a temperature of, of where they're at in terms of need, right? If, it, if they've point. been trying to sell that, 
for a week. Uh, they're going to be very, very, you know, blunt about saying, no, get out of my face. Uh, but if they've been trying to sell that thing for three months, now they're getting a reality check and they're holding on to this thing. Maybe they have payments on it. So the stress is building up, right? So how long it's been on the market for and how long they're trying to sell that property uh, or they have been trying to sell that property is going to, it's going to like dictate a lot of the, uh, the, or the way the conversation goes. So keep, keep that in mind. Flacco uh, 630 says, if I can't find any comps on a property, even within the last year, does that most likely mean it's not a market that cash buyers would buy in. That's interesting. Uh, if you can't find a, uh, any comps on the property within the last year, well, you must be really rural if you're not, if you can't find a single property that sold or, in the last you, year. And it would crazy. depend on how how far out you're, you're going. But you want to start out in the subdivision first, and then you want to start expanding half a mile within, you know, don't cross any major streets and then uh, a mile and then two if you have to. But if you can't find a single comp within two year within two miles in the last year, you were in the wrong area. What about Go rentals? to where the buyers are. Any rentals? Has, is there any rentals available in that area? Maybe you can do it from that way. Yeah. I feel like that's key. You guys have answered a lot of questions that way, which is check and see where there's buyer activity. A hundred percent. Check demand first. Right? You have to. You have to go where they're shopping. Yeah. You know what I mean? You could set up a stand and sell the the most amazing barbecue, but if it's in the middle of nowhere where nobody's going to pass you by, you, nobody's going to buy your barbecue. You know what I mean? You go where people are buying barbecue, and that's that's where you want to go with all of your... I'm Man, these analogies are good today. Yeah. Uh, good. These, these are... I, it makes me want barbecue. Do you, now. Jeez, do you bet your beans when oh, you're you getting barbecue? Beans. beans and barbecue. You bet oh, your beans. Don't bring up the beans. <laughs> don't bring that out. Vasily, uh, so, so, I came across some vacant lots in my Sacramento market that's owned by the city. Is this worth going after? No. Have you ever bought anything from a city? Never. I'm telling you, Vasily, it, it is. I have tried so much. Uh, city of Phoenix. Um, at lots. They have a ton of them. I don't know what their plan is with them. I don't know what they're going to do with them. They've been vacant forever. I've tried to reach out. I've tried to give them offers. They're just not having it. Yeah. That- Sometimes they'll release some, but if they do, it's typically grants for you know builders that are going to build some sort of uh, government housing or housing assistance. And they'll buy them slowly too. If, yeah. you, if you look at uh, close to the 17 Central Phoenix area, there's a ton of just vacant lots with oh, gravel know. on them. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. And they're, I mean, you just see them taking over buying properties and then wiping out the house and then making it a, a vacant lot. So I know. I mean, they're comp- they're compiling stuff. A lot of times is what happens with, with cities. Yeah. And just, I, I don't know if it's long-term strategy, if yeah. they're just trying well, to, yeah. Yeah. Joshua asked, Brent Bowers, are you <laughs> buying land in small town, rural areas, not close to big cities? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Because, you know, there we saw a huge demand for this during... COVID. And once again, it's not to not to make money off of the war that's going on in Ukraine, but when there's like unjust and like uncertainty, people, they kind of go like out further out, I should say more, they want more space. So yes. Well, yes people yes. are escaping negativity, negativity people, and, and, yeah. and not, not undo negativity, but just the, what's going on in the world. And it's in front of you. And you're like, you know what? I just want to live my life out and, and uh, in the middle of the in a the middle of nowhere. Lower <laughs> lifestyle. Yeah. Me and my barbecue. Yeah. John, when it comes to cold calling, how would you start the conversation? John, we got all the scripts at TTP Insider. So I highly suggest that you download the most effective cold calling script. Uh, but you want to ask them, you, you want to call them by their first name. 
and you want to introduce yourself and you want to tell them why you're calling. And then you want to get to the point. So uh, there's step-by-step whenever you ask somebody if they consider an offer on their property, when they plan on selling their property, there's only six responses. So understand how to respond to those six responses and you feel bulletproof when you get on the phone. It's a muscle. You told me this it is. years ago. Yeah. You have to like the first day is maybe 20 calls. And then the second one day call. Is- one call, two oh. calls. Why'd you make three me calls the first, the first time? In the- <laughs> well, because you know, I was I was a, a lot more aggressive in my yeah. youth. So <laughs> no, but I mean, if, if if somebody's never made a call to anybody and had a conversation, just get a hold of one person. Yeah. It gets easier and ask them when do they plan on selling their property. You know, would you consider an offer on your property? You know what I mean, and uh, and and build it from there. But the the most important thing, and I found this, is you can't let your brain, you can't give your time, uh, your brain time to think. Because you'll hallucinate all the negativity and all the different outcomes before you even get on the phone, and that stops you from taking action. Yeah. And again, if you had that confidence, if you had that certainty that that what you were doing, if you had that blind faith, like we started the show off, that if you talk to enough people, you're going to find opportunities. And when you find opportunities, you change your financial future. Then you would just keep taking the action, keep taking the action every single day and just don't let your brain get into it. Don't let your brain take over and overanalyze because when you put attention to the hallucinations that go through our head, it prevents you from actually providing value. And we are, we are compensated in direct proportion to the amount of value we provide. And so we can't provide value if we're just in our own heads. That's so true. There's a reason why in the pursuit of happiness, that movie, Will Smith did not hang up the phone. There you go. Like to save time, but also to stay out of his head. Those thoughts, man. That's it. That is the show today, guys. Thank you so so much for participating. If you're interested in learning more and uh, and really skipping to the front of the line when it comes to doing land deals, check out thelandsharks.com, thelandsharks.com. Uh, if it feels good in your gut, what you see there, sign up for a call um, with our team at Wholesaling Inc. and uh, working with Brent. And again, remember, keep your house clean, right? You're, you're literally your house and this house right here. Keep your house clean, protect your health at all times and increase your value to the world and you'll live an incredible life. I love you guys. I'll see you next week. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.